0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in Miami. He brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. I do want to start off by saying timestamps are down below. So if you want to skip forward to a topic that interests you, of course, that's okay with me. And that is for the YouTube-only audience, by the way. So if you're on the audio side and want to watch the video or want to skip around, uh, come over to the YouTube side. Just search Anthony Donardo. And I highly, highly recommend. If you were ever gonna sub to the YouTube, do it now because tomorrow on Sunday I have a magnificent video dropping on the YouTube side. I've only dropped like two videos this week because I've been working on a really big project, which I'm finally going to unveil tomorrow. It's sort of a deep dive into the whole D Wade purple shirt guy game from Game Six in 2016, the playoffs Heat versus Hornets, Uh, and it's a really, really nice video. I think I spent a lot of time on it. So. Make sure y'all sub, like the video, because it helps push this podcast, helps, it helps other people find this channel, and I really do appreciate it. If you're new here, uh, you may be wondering, why would I ever like this guy's video? I have no idea if I'm going to enjoy his content or not yet. Uh, so all I ask y'all is at least stick around for the rest of the podcast, and then if you enjoy, and only if you enjoy feel free to leave a like, so this is sort of my long form podcast, I do have other YouTube videos, I just kind of do all kinds of editing and skits and all crazy stuff, but this I just kind of like to, you know, lay back, keep it chill, so I have a few notes of topics today that I want to get into, the first thing that I want to talk about is the Hall of Fame, so of course, Monster Class, you had Dirk, you had uh, Tony Parker, you had Povich, you had D-Wade, you had Becky Hammond, you had some other people, none that I'm too familiar with, just because I sort of only focus on the NBA, but I'm sure all those other people are great as well. Uh, But D-Wade, man, as expected, he really stole the show. I mean, we can get into, you know, we'll start from the beginning, actually, because it was dope. First thing he does is address Heat Nation. He get the Let's Go Heat chance. Uh, That was awesome. You really, really love to see that. But of course, from a Heat fan perspective, it was a little disappointing, because we didn't get a ton of mentions of, of uh, you know, Pat Riley or Spolstra. I think he did mention them in passing when just talking about like coaches that he's had. Uh, obviously, you wish you hoped it was a, a bigger part of his speech, but maybe I'm reading too far into that uh, because, of course, he did spend, you know, primarily of his speech talking about his family, which obviously, most important thing, I get it. Uh, but of course, you know, seeing uh, seeing D-Wade be a part owner of the Chicago uh not Chicago Bulls, seeing him leave the Heat to go to the Bulls, and now seeing him be a, a part owner of the Jazz, uh, it always rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. We know his relationship with the Heat did sour when they prioritized Whiteside and Kevin Durant, and then that's why he left back in 2017, or 2016-17 offseason. Um we know that's why he left. And it seems like the relationship has kind of been amended since then. You know, he's been to games. They shouted him out. done all kinds of promo for him, of obviously, within the last couple months. Uh, but the fact that he's not an owner is something that is still really weird to me. I mean, we've talked about this a bunch over the last couple weeks just because of Damian lillard and i'm trying to tell portland fans you don't want to do dame dirty because that's what the heat did to wade and they were paying for it for a very very long time of course that's why we had to overpay guys like dion waders and james johnson just to to prove that we do treat our players because after what we did to d wade kind of letting him walk not prioritizing him it kind of did shed the Miami Heat in a bad light, which had a really negative effect on the organization as a whole. And that's just something that I'm telling the Blazers fans that they might get into if they don't do right by Dame. But we will get into a, a little bit of Damian Lillard later in this episode because I know that's why a lot of y'all clicked on this this podcast. But of course, the most beautiful part of D Wade's speech was the very ending. He, he you know he reaches out to his dad. He says uh we're, we're living the dream we got the same name Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Tyrone Wade uh and your dream was to always make the the NBA the hall of fame uh and then he basically said he calls his dad up to the stage and said we in the hall of fame dad or he said we in the hall of fame dog uh which was awesome man I didn't cry now I'm not gonna say I'm a crier I'm also not gonna say I'm not a crier like it's happened before. Uh, I definitely teared up, like, when he got his jersey retired. Uh, I got a text. Is that Dame to the Heat? No, it's not Dane to the Heat. So, you are going on mute. Uh, <laughs> every time, uh, I get a notification, I'm always on edge. Because one day, I'm gonna look down at my phone and it's gonna say, Breaking news with the red siren emoji. Sham Sharani Tweets. The Portland Trailblazers have traded Dame to the Miami Heat. That day is coming soon. Hopefully. Anyways, uh, D-Wade. Calls his dad to the stage. Beautiful. Didn't cry just because, uh. I just thought it was a really beautiful, beautiful moment, which sometimes is why I do cry. But uh, uh, I actually, I cried a little bit <laughs> game six in Eastern Conference Finals last year before Derek White hit the shot. Uh, I was just so emotional because we actually got the same, like uh, a Jimmy's chance to redeem himself. Obviously the year before, he pulled it from three and out. Horford, he missed. And it, it, we had the same exact scenario. Of course, he got fouled, hit all three free throws. And I was just so overcome with emotions from, like wow he actually he said he was going to get back in the spot and get it done he did it and it was it it was awesome and then of course Derek White hit the game winner at the buzzer and all the emotions flooded out of me and I was stone cold and and couldn't sleep for like two days but anyways uh, didn't cry when D-Wade finished his Hall of Fame speech but really one of the most beautiful things Uh, of course his personal relationship with his parents has not always been the best Uh, I know there was uh, you know issues growing up but the fact that they, they were Uh, they were able to work through all that and just become such a successful family, you know, all of them, uh, and and they've been able to maintain their relationship through all of that is really such a beautiful thing, Uh, you know, and and it it was really nice to see, you know, they they told each other they love you at the end, and it was, a, it was a good moment. I think, you know, it's a it's an all-time Hall of Fame moment, I think. So uh, we'll be watching that one for a very, very long time. Uh, outside of outside of D-Wade, the only other speeches I actually listened to in their entirety was Greg Popovich and Dirk Nowinski. Uh, I'll just speak on Dirk real quick because I just dropped a Dirk video a couple of days ago. Uh, there was an article, old article from like 2010 that resurfaced of Dirk saying that he would have considered joining the Heat, you know, if D-Wade and Braun reached out to him instead of Bosch. Uh I kinda pondered whether that would have even been the right move. Of course Dirk's a better player than Bosch, but he's also four or five years older. Now in hindsight, Bosch got sick, so it's all kind of irrelevant anyways, but I kinda uh take a look into what would have happened if Bosch didn't get sick and kind of what those heat teams would have looked like. So uh and, and Bosch, you know, man, I, I think he could have been a really good player up until like twenty twenty. You know, I think he could have been an all star caliber player uh up until then. Uh And Dirk was retired by then, so who knows what those Heat teams could have did if Bosch never got sick. But if you wanna, if you wanna hear more about that, go go check out my last video on on the YouTube side. Uh, But Dirk, one of my favorite players ever. Y'all know Hakeem Olajuwon. I always show I got the Funko Pop right here. Uh, Funko Pop. Yeah, I I always want to say Pop Socket Funko Pop, Uh, because I'm a big post guy. I I love playing in the post. Uh, I love footwork. I love making defenders look stupid with going fakes and up and unders and spin moves and pivots and post phase. I love it all. Uh, and of course, Dirk Nowitzki, in addition to Hakeem, are two of the greatest post players of all time. Dirk and Hakeem have two of the most unstoppable moves of all time with the dream shake and uh, the post one-legged fadeaway. Uh, and in particular, the reason I like the the one-legged fade, uh, and, you know, and something I implement in my game myself, is because. As a guy who is a stereotypical unathletic white boy, which I am, uh, I can't jump. You know, uh, can't get any, can't get much lift on my shot. Makes it very easy to get blocked by more athletic defenders. So one of the ways that I overcome that is by fading back and sticking that leg out, just like Dirk. Uh, and I found that that's a pretty much of a go-to shot I can go to on almost anybody. Uh, and I've gotten really effective at it, if I do say so myself, uh, and it's something I like to break out a lot, catch the defender off guard, and of course, there's all kind of counters for it. Fake, go up and under. Uh, big post uh, post fan as a player. Uh, that's kind of why I like Dirk Davinsky. Uh, and, uh, you know, he had his rivals with the Heat. We beat that team in 06. Uh, they came back in 2011, but uh, I-, I can't hold that against him because he does seem like such a nice guy, like a genuinely funny and real dude Uh, so he's awesome and then the other speech I said I listened to is Greg Popovich just because he's a legend I mean my guy the man spoke for like what 30 minutes, and and all of it was great, some funny stuff, humorous stuff, but also just real uh, intelligent stuff, because he's one of the greatest minds this game has ever seen, Uh, so I really, really like Greg Popovich, man, Uh, that was a dope speech, that was a dope class, Uh, Paul Gasol, I didn't even mention he was someone else in this class, too, another really, really great player, another guy that I like, too, so it was fun, Uh, I guess, uh, he players that were waiting on making the Hall of Fame, LeBron. Is there anyone else? I guess eventually Jimmy Butler. That's been a big talk lately, but uh, Bosch is already in. Ray Allen's already in. Uh, maybe I'm missing someone off the top of my head. Hopefully I don't think about this in five minutes and feel stupid for leaving them now, but I guess LeBron is the guy we're waiting for, and then eventually Jimmy Butler, and hey, probably Bam metal Bible one day, right? If he continues on this, on this trajectory, uh, and I suppose Damien Lillard, because he's a lot to make the Hall of Fame too one day, and uh, I do hope he's here soon, but... Next topic I want to get into is the schedule for the NBA, which just dropped just a couple of days ago. Uh, only really a couple things of interest. Truthfully, I haven't done like a full deep dive into the schedule yet. Uh, but I do want to talk about the Friday after Thanksgiving. That's going to be a fun one as a sports fan. I, I like having, you know, the, the game after Thanksgiving too, because I'm home back home with the fan. We can all watch the game together. It's fun. But that Friday, uh, it's a triple header. You have, let me see if I still got the tweet up. I think this was from Barry Jackson who pointed this out. And the Hurricanes, Dolphins, and Miami Heat, all play on the same day. So you got, maybe I don't have, oh, no, no, I sent it as a tweet, that's why. Here we go. Uh, the Miami Heat play the, you know, I just had it up, the stupid thing. Okay, the Heat, oh, no, the 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 UM plays Boston College at noon, and then three hours later, you got Dolphins Jets, another big game at 3 p.m., and then four and a half hours later, you got Heat versus Knicks at 7.30. So, I me, mean, Boston, B.C., what, wait, is that Boston College or Bethune Cookman? It just says BC. And I'll tell you the truth, I don't know. But either way, got a little UM to warm up, even though uh, I'm not so confident that they're going to be a good football program this year, even though I got the hoodie on. Uh, I always represent. Uh, but Dolphins Jets will obviously be a huge game, and the Heat nicks another huge game. That's literally, what is that? We start at noon all the way to about, when is that game going? Man, 10. So we got 10 straight hours of sports. That's gonna be a good time again. That's the Friday after Thanksgiving. You got the Christmas game, 8 p.m. versus Philly. Uh, usually, the Heat gets screwed when when they when they play Christmas, because sometimes they get screwed and don't get to play Christmas. Depending how you look at it, you know, maybe from a player standpoint, you like that, but as a fan standpoint, obviously the best teams play. You feel disrespected when you don't make it. Uh, they usually have a finals rematch. They didn't do that this time for whatever reason. I guess they don't find it intriguing enough. But anyways, the Heat, when they do play Christmas, they typically get that noon game that is like the least coveted spot. This time they get 8 p.m., which you're like, all right, they get some respect. They get the prime time game until you realize this is the first year that NFL is also playing on Christmas Sunday. And now it's they're gonna be competing against that, and now probably get a very small audience for that. But regardless, Dolphins don't play that game that day, so I don't care about the NFL games. I'm gonna be watching Heat Philly, because that's gonna be a great matchup. Uh The only other aspect of this that that's got uh, of the schedule that's gotten a lot of attention is this in-season tournament which looks like it starts they got this what group play starting november 30th so just a few weeks about a month into the season uh and then they have the the knockout rounds whatever the hell that is starting uh december 4th uh i don't like the in-season tournament uh but truthfully i don't know too many details about it i mean i know they're playing to win the NBA Cup. I know they got their group uh, with like the Hornets, Wizards, Knicks, and Bucks. Uh, I know the the prize for each winning team is 500000 per player, uh, which obviously to the max guys doesn't mean much. But to your Hayward Highsmiths, it does mean a lot. Uh, and I know there's like uh, money for the, their second and third place teams and all that stuff. But truthfully, I don't know how I'll feel about it until I see it. I don't know how the players are going to treat it. Maybe they don't know how they're going to treat it. I'm predicting that they don't treat it any different than a regular season game. Uh, I know they're not adding any extra games unless you make the championship of the in-season tournament. Then you'd be playing an 83rd game, uh, which maybe the players rest that one. And maybe you get all the scrubs who, who don't make a ton of money playing in that game. And it's the hardest fought game in NBA history because everybody's working to literally double their salary in one game, which is pretty cool. So that could be fun. Uh, regardless i don't like the idea uh we already see players resting so much as it is because there's too many games and all this does is add more games which i think is stupid uh something that is interesting about it though is like the whole stat keeping of this uh shout out kenny beecham as a lot of y'all may know youtuber podcaster not a podcaster if you know you know uh he brought up like how are they gonna keep us track of stats for this because for example the playing games doesn't count as regular season doesn't count as playoffs so what if someone was to score 83 points and break Kobe's record? You know, for for second most all time, does that count, or does Kobe still have the record? I don't know. It's just, it just, I thought it was an interesting thought because they're they're making this regular season so much more complicated now for for no reason. I don't know why. Because now you don't even have the full schedule. Like, what if I wanted to plan to see a team that now I don't know when they're gonna play, and I, I don't like it. But like I said, it's all gonna come down to how hard the players try. Uh, and that just remains to be seen. So that's really all I got to say about the schedule. Eventually, I do want to post a video uh, doing win-loss for every single game. Did that last year. It was fun. I was way off. I had the Heat winning like 55-plus games, I think, Uh, but I'll probably do that again after I get a chance to closer analyze this schedule. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about is the Miami Pro League. Uh, If y'all don't know, it's like this tournament style thing that's played in a in like some high school gym somewhere. Uh I don't even know how much it works of how players are invited because Tyler Hero apparently showed up for the championship game and played, even though he didn't play any of the other games. But apparently these pros can show up and go whenever they want. I, I don't understand it. But uh the final game was interesting because you had some heat representatives. You had Tyler you had Bam you had Hassan Whiteside was playing. I think you had Kendrick Nunn playing now Bam and Tyler were on two different teams which is interesting interesting uh Tyler did score 44 points in a loss so everyone was kind of going crazy about that saying oh Portland needs to send Damon and two first to get Tyler hero now uh a lot of that is, is jokes of course but the people that legitimately looked at this this pro am game because it's a pro there's pros and amateurs uh, and looked at it and was impressed by Tyler Hero's 44 points. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it doesn't impress me. I don't want to sit down here and, and be a party pooper and poo-poo on his performance, because 44 is 44, and there still is other pros on the side, like I was saying. But at the end of the day, you're playing against a lot of amateurs. You should be scoring 44. And again, I like Tyler Hero. I'm not trying to sound like a hater. It just personally is not something that's too impressive to me. I mean, we just saw the guy in the Bucks, Marjon Bochamp, drop, drop like 91 in some pro game. Uh, We saw Peyton Pritchard last year drop like 90 points. These guys are pros. And I don't know if you can fully comprehend the concept of uh, the level, the gap uh, between pro players and amateurs, but it's a big gap, even between D1 players and pros. It's a big gap. Of course, Brian Scalabrini has the famous quote saying, uh, he is closer to LeBron than we are to him. As to say, the gap between me guy who likes to play pickup ball and I think is decent at it, compared to the worst pro player, that gap is way bigger than the gap between the worst NBA player and the best NBA player in LeBron, he says. Uh And man, I would know. And it doesn't just go from amateur to pro. It goes from amateur to, to D1. I played against D1 players going to FGCU for four years. Those guys are worlds above any of us. And the fact that they're still infinitely at a lower talent level than pros it just shows you the kind of gap in level between these guys which is crazy but it it was fun seeing tyler hero go out there play really well first time playing since breaking his hand he had the sweatpants which i thought was a cool look uh him and uh bam obviously embraced after the game uh i also heard uh tyler was working out with chris quinn uh so it was nice to see that he seems to be not too salty at the heat organization because he might be but then again they're saying his first rodeo going through all these trade rumors, but uh, it was nice to see. I got to go to one of those games sometime. I think it's free, uh, and I'd love to be in a small high school gym watching Bam about Tyler Hero, and Hassan Whiteside play basketball. Because y'all know I love Hassan, but uh, it's pretty cool. I just kind of wanted to come and say it doesn't do nothing for me, <laughs> but it was nice to see him out there. Uh, and, I mean, we'll see what happens over these next couple weeks, whether he's still on the team or not because I want to get into Damian Lillard talk for a little bit here now of course another report not news at all that's why I put the quotation marks on report Barry Jackson came out a couple days ago and said uh, Portland is still not interested in trading to the Miami Heat I'm going to speak on this for maybe two minutes and move on because it's not news okay my stance after summer league because I thought it could get done during summer league and once it did it my stance is it will happen closer to training camp because right now neither team has any incentive to make a deal because if you're Portland, you're not bringing Dame into camp now whether you trade him or don't trade him. You're still moving on as as life as is. You don't have to answer a ton of questions every day, right? It's once training camp starts that things can start to get ugly because you don't know if Dame's going to sit out. You don't know how the younger players are going to handle it. You don't know what the media is going to be like, even though it's going to be crazy. And then from a Heat standpoint, same thing. You don't have to worry about bringing in uh, Tyler Hero yet. You don't have to worry about bringing in the young guys and, and I don't know, maybe wasting time on developing them uh, because you still got, what, like another month, month and a half till training camp. And I think that'll probably be when we start to see some action in a month's times for now because at the end of the day, I think it's best for both sides just to move on from this situation. And I could go into that for another hour, but that's something I've done for plenty of hours over the last month. And we'll get back into Dame when there's some more news now. Of course, we have the whole James Harden situation where he publicly called his GM a liar and then doubled down on it. I had a whole video on that earlier this week, too. Uh, apparently, the NBA is not going to send out a memo about that or any repercussions because calling out your GM is not against the rules. But apparently, demanding a trade and picking a team is against the rules even though these guys always pick one team, sometimes they'll say two when really the second team never had any chance of getting them. Like the Heat never had any chance to get Kevin Durant. Or even James Harden, when he first requested his trade, they said like the Knicks and the Clippers. And then the Knicks disappeared after an hour and it's only been the Clippers. So somehow he never got a memo for only picking the Clippers. But he definitely won't get a memo for publicly calling out a GM and making the entire organization look bad. I don't get it. Now, I suppose the team itself could find Harden for conduct detrimental to the team, but whatever. And uh, a lot of people might say, hey, it's because Harden and his agent didn't call other teams and say, we won't play for you. They essentially did. Picking a team is is basically the same thing. Every team understands how how this works when a star player demands a trade, right? But regardless, James Harden is a bum, and I guess people just don't expect anything different from him. So that's that. Again, I'm not going to speak on it for an hour. I had a video earlier this week where where I discussed that. Uh, okay. As of right now, I don't think we'll see much movement on the hardened or dame front for like another month or so. But when things start to get pick uh, picked back up, we'll get back into it. But that's all I got as far as heat related stuff. Uh, of course, tonight, which is Saturday, if y'all watching this or listen to this on Saturday, uh, we have the inter- we have the the MLS League Cup Championship with my team, Inter Miami. And my guy, Messi, last podcast, I told y'all I may go to the game. And I did. I found tickets for $136. So not bad. Decent seats. I mean, the whole stadium is small, so there's not a bad seat in the house. But I got tickets. Went with my boy Thomas, uh, my boy Ben. I went with their dad. And then my other boy, Jetty, from back home. So shout out to all 'all. y'all. And it was an awesome game, bro. Oh, my God. It was so fun. They won 4-0. Messi scored the fourth goal. And he did it in the 85th minute. And my God, when he scored... Compared to where everyone else scored, I mean that place went nuts. You know, obviously it was super loud when the first three guys scored, but Messi just you you know, Messi just draws some some different kind of energy from the crowd. Of course, there was a lot of Argentinians there, like like my roommate Thomas and, and his family, uh, and they they all had their Argentina national team jerseys on, uh, and they went that whole stadium went crazy. I, again, I'm not a soccer guy, but that was one of the most fun sporting events I've ever I've ever went to, uh, like live. Uh, and now here we are. Miami's, what, 6-0, 7-0 since getting messy, and they're in the League's Cup Championship uh, with a chance to win it all tonight versus Nashville. Uh, and the team's a lot of fun, man. They're really clicking on all cylinders, and you can tell Messi just elevates everybody's game. Uh, Shout-out to Dre Callender, the goalie. My God, that dude is a baller. So super excited for them. Uh, and also tonight, the Miami Dolphins play preseason game, 4 o'clock versus the Houston Texans Uh, if Tua plays, I'll be looking forward to it again. He might play a drive or so, but it's something, uh, if he once again, doesn't play just like the first game, I will not care. Uh, I'll tune in to watch Skylar Thompson and Mike White because I am a Dolphins fan at the end of the day. Uh, and it is football, which I do miss. Uh, but just like last week, I'll be bored again pretty, pretty quickly, but at least it sounds like Teron Armstead will be okay. Of course, he went down in practice a couple days ago, uh, but they need him because without him, I don't think two is going to last long because we kind of saw that last year. But that's really all I got for this episode, man. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're on the audio side, leave five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And if you're on the YouTube side, you can leave me a like, comment down below. Uh, I try to read and respond to all of them. Uh, so I greatly appreciate all the support. And, uh, and check out the d Wave Purple Short Guy video I have dropping tomorrow on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. But I'll see you all next time. Look. Pull up in the city trying to get that dead face like, Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight like, Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a head space You know this homegrown bitch don't offend me hm. Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube